0: Well, friends, it is time to put on the armor of Christ and pray for protection, Um, because today we are going to talk about 10 lies we believe, and these are lies that the enemy tells us. This is episode 128, and you can find the show notes at A Few Minutes With God podcast, and I want to thank our sponsor, Media Angels, and the books A Few Minutes With God and One More Child. You can find both of these books on Amazon. Well, we do believe lies, don't we? And the worst thing is the lies we believe by definition are not true because they're a lie, right? We give the enemy credit when all the credit should go to Almighty God. In this episode, we explore the most common lies and ways to combat them. So first, I want to ask you, why do we believe these lies? Well, because many of us are wounded in some way or We like to think of ourselves as broken. We are shaped by so many of life's events. Sometimes it's our own sin. Sometimes it's the sin of others. We could be mourning the death of a loved one or a tragedy within a family. These things shape us and how we consider our future choices. And many times, friends, we pick the wrong thing because we remain in that state of depression. But the amazing thing is that God predestines no one to hell. God is the creator. He is love, truth, goodness, beauty. When we see those things in our world, they originate from God. And sin is the refusal to live in the beauty that is God. God's mercy allows us to choose and God never forces us. His love is upon us. He respects human dignity and our free will. And I really wanted to share that part with you because so many times when we believe the lies of the enemy, we think of ourselves as less worthy. And we're going to go through 10 of the most common lies in just a few minutes. But I want you to think about this. Hell is a testimony to God's respect to our freedom. Love redeemed us and won heaven for us. And God did not violate our capacity for choice. So if we want to believe the lies of the enemy, we have the freedom to do this. The only thing we can give ourselves credit for is sin. Every good thing comes from God. Do you remember the song, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love, and I'll spare you, I won't sing for you. But, One of the things that I know is that I used to think that it was an injustice that I was not showing God's love because I didn't feel God's love myself, and I was under a false impression. I believe the lies of the enemy. In my steps as a Christian, I've learned about God's unconditional love, meaning we don't need to work at it or earn it, yet I believe that God's punishments are very real, and that thought alone is depressing. If I love the Lord, of course I'm going to live a good and virtuous life. But just living a good and virtuous life on its own merit doesn't guarantee me heaven. Today our talk is not on salvation, but on the lies that we believe— And I just want you to know that it took me years to undo and finally become free of these lies, and I still have to work at them from time to time. And friends, this freedom is amazing, and I pray this for all of you who are listening today as well. The next podcast I'm recording is one on um, a mini retreat and getting renewed in the Lord, and I thought that would be a perfect follow-up to this one, because as we're learning today, the enemy is trying to steal our peace, our love, and our joy. And all of those things only reside with God. Jesus spoke about Satan in the Holy Bible, and he said that Satan was the enemy, the father of lies. John eight forty four says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. John 8:45 47 continues, Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Now that's heavy, and it's something to think about, but if we cannot hear what God says in the Word from our pastors, from our prayers, the bigger question then is, who do you belong to? The first step is combating the lies of the enemy, and that is to recognize evil. Evil is frightening. How do we respond to evil? I used to think if I just ignored evil, it would go away, but it doesn't, and that's actually one of the top lies of Satan. But we have to recognize evil. We have to stop giving credit to the evil one for the things that belong to God, because at the root of evil is pride, which is the root of all sin. So the top 10 lies that the enemy tells you is, number one, Satan is a myth. Does Satan really exist? The enemy likes people to believe that he does not exist. God is a myth. And all of this penance or fasting or being good or having faith is a tall tale. My question is to people who do not believe in God is if you believe in God and there is no heaven, you're sure a life where good is called good and evil is called evil. There's no confusion in your life. But if you do not believe in God and you follow the ways of the enemy, because of course you're following him, he's already duped you into believing he doesn't exist and that God doesn't exist. And then you die and you learn there is a God, then what? What is the alternative? A life in eternal damnation, because a person who denies God and lives a life without God is in essence turning their back on God eternally. And our pastor calls it the fundamental option. I feel sorry for those who do not believe because they are missing an amazing joy, the joy of the love of a benefactor, a father who loves us no matter what. We have the choice of obedient, love, or self-seeking, which often leads to our destruction. What I am is God's gift to me, and what I become is my gift to God. Number two, we're not good enough. We have this false pride. Oh my gosh, I'm sinful. I'm not good enough to follow God. God will never forgive me of my sins. Well, let's look at Genesis 126.31. God made us on the sixth day of creation, and he said it was very good. Therefore, God made us, and he made us very good. I know there are plenty of people out there that are going to argue with that statement and say that man has a sinful nature. Well, that was after the fall, but what God made, he made good. Not just good, very good. Let's read Genesis. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food. And so it was. God saw all that He made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning on the sixth day. So, the question I have for you to think about and pray about is this If God made us very good, why do we think we're destined for evil? Yes, we adopted a sin nature, as the term goes, from Adam and Eve, but that is why Jesus came to take on our sins. Think about that, friends. Number three, you must be a perfect Christian. If you are not, you're falling short. And I know there's a lot of people out there who work on the perfection. First, there is no perfection outside of heaven, but that doesn't mean we don't try. Secondly, we cannot be perfect. Again, this doesn't mean we can be lazy Christians, but we don't become holy by the way we dress or the way others perceive us to be. Instead, the way we dress or act is an extension of our love of God and His goodness within us. We're like flow-through vessels, friends. If God is not flowing through us, we're doing it on our own strength, and of course we're going to fail. Number four, doubt. We don't believe what God says in that earlier scripture I read you, where um, in John it says, John 8, 45, 47, uh, because I tell you the truth and you do not believe me. And that's the problem. Satan wants us not to believe what God says. You can read uh, Genesis 3, 1 through 4 on your own. Um, I have all these scripture notations on the show notes, but I'm going to read this to you. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that God made. He said to the woman, Did God really say that? You must not eat any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. We all know how that story went down, right? Eve ate of the fruit. Adam was standing right there, took a bite as well. And from there on, mankind was banned from the Garden of Eden. So we must believe that when God says it, he means it. The next lie that people believe that is if you are a Christian, nothing bad can happen. So obviously, bad things happen to everyone, right? So when bad things happen to good people, obviously God has let you down and there is no God. Or God's punishing you for your sins. Well, sin does have a consequence and a recourse, but we must believe that God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. You know, I remember um, hearing a story about a person who um, was not true to their marriage vows. And so this person contracted a disease. And so they felt that God was punishing them for what they did. Instead, that sin was due to something that they did, right? And so sometimes we can give God the credit when that's not the credit he should be given. Number six, all of the sins such as guilt, envy, infidelity, the evil one will tell you that these things are not that bad, but they are serious, Guilt could eat us up and make us focus on the problem or the issues rather than the solution. Parents, if you exert guilt or you know someone who does, just don't fall into that trap. Another is envy. Envy is another one of those sins, it takes our eyes off of God. We're more focused on the person that we're envious of. Friends, focus on the things that are good and of God. And then infidelity, well, enough said about that. Sins may start small, but when it snowballs, as you've heard, there is no small sin. The seventh is you can't trust God. You have to do things yourself. This is such a lie. We can trust God and we can ask God for help. You know, you're believing this lie if you do not ask the Lord for help throughout the day. Do you say, I need your help, Lord, or help me, Lord, or how do I do this, Lord, or how do I carry on? Or are you one that just takes charge and takes care of an issue without God's help? Well, that has been me many, many times. I get an idea and I just plow ahead. And if I don't take it to the Lord first and really think it through, it's amazing How many issues come up? God gives us the ability to handle things, but a little prayer can go a long way to finding a solution. Number eight, small sins are not that bad. Well, everyone's sins, of course you know that. And guess what? Your sins are probably not as bad compared to everyone else. Have you ever told yourself that? This is a truth I've heard people say, and we're living in a life after the fall, and it is a battle It is good against evil. Good is the promise of everlasting life, and evil is the promise of a wonderful life on this earth without any thought of an afterlife. Number nine, God can never forgive you of your past sins, so why try? Your past does not define you. Yes, these things happen and they shape you, but it doesn't define you. You are not that sin. We are stuck in the past or worried about the future, but miss that God is here right now. His grace is sufficient for thee today. He gives us this grace, not for yesterday or tomorrow. And this can cripple you and make you depressed. You may feel like God has punished you in some way due to your past sins. And remember, we just talked about that previously. The only person we can give credit to our sins is ourselves. You are a child of God. God lived, died, and rose again to give us eternal life. He shouldered that pain and that burden when He carried the cross. By His stripes we are healed. Christ died for you and for me and now lives to give us abundant life. Ask for forgiveness if you can go to your pastor. Do, if you're a Catholic, go to confession and let it go. Friends, this is so important. I've done several podcasts on forgiveness. And it can be crippling to have unforgiveness in your life. And the last sin is being judgmental. And this, friends, is what gives Christianity a bad name. People see other Christians and what they see are their failings. And, you know, some Christians want to go around pointing out everyone else's failings. And scripture talks about that as well, right? Taking the boulder out of your own eye or the plank out of your own eye instead of the sliver in someone else's. We need to look within. People will see the sins and failings of others and use that as an excuse to say that all Christians are hypocrites. Of course, some are and ruin it for the rest of us, but the majority of Christians that want to love and serve the Lord are too busy in their own lives to worry about the lives of others. This goes for our adult children. We can pray for them, but we must allow them to make their own mistakes. And believe me, this is really hard. Intervention time is when they live under your roof. Christians do not put each other down or point fingers at other sins, not unless someone asks you to pray for them about overcoming a sin. Committed Christians don't flaunt their holiness. In fact, you will know someone is a good Christian if they don't believe they can ever outgive God or that they've fallen short, and they give all the glory to God. Remember to look at ourselves instead of others. So how do we combat the lies? The first is pray. Keep your eyes focused on God. The number one Satan buster is prayer, even if it's just Jesus, or Jesus help me, God hears us. The second is arm yourself with the power of Scripture. Pray this verse daily, Ephesians six ten through 12. I love all of Ephesians, but especially these verses. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in their heavenly realms. We forget that this battle is not ours. This battle has already been won. And we focus on all of the things that bring us down. We should be so joyful, friends, if we really think about it. The third is surround yourself with like-minded Christians. This is so important. In the past, I've had friends that really bring me down, that really focused on all of the problems. And I remember... Um, a friend being out of town for a while. And and when she got back, she had to fill me in on everything that had happened in the last two weeks that was bad in her life. And I told my husband, I said, you know, it's amazing that for two weeks, I haven't had to carry someone else's burden. And I really don't. When that happens, I just need to pray. So surrounding yourself with like minded Christians is so helpful. And it really helps in building up your faith. The fourth is go to church. I go to mass each day as much as I can. And by the time I get home, I feel so joyful. I know many people that do home church or, um, you know, go to church different denominations. But the focus is not so much on the fellowship. And I know that's really big in a lot of churches. The focus needs to be on the Word of God and what the Lord is trying to tell you. And the fifth is, listen to praise and worship music. It's difficult to believe the lies of the enemy when you're infused in a joyful atmosphere. And my favorite right now is uh, Jesus Reigns. It is one of my most favorite songs, or He Reigns, I believe it is. It is very upbeat, and, you know, it just talks about God's love everywhere. Every day, we have a choice. We can be obedient and love the Lord with all our hearts and ignore those lies or be self-seeking, which can lead to death. Often we choose the world over God. God wishes that we do not rest upon anything other than His infinite goodness, which is love, peace, and joy. Friends, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus and Holy Spirit, please hear our plea to help us to combat the lies of the enemy who is fighting for our soul. We know you have won the battle by your life, death, and resurrection. You are so much greater than the forces of darkness. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the name above all names. And we claim the healing power of you, God, in our lives. We ask that you help us to combat those lies that we hear in our minds and instead give us words to praise and worship you. I pray for those that are in need of your healing, and I lift up the following prayer intentions. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
1: Thanks for listening to the podcast, A Few Minutes with God. Please visit Fleece on our website, a afewminuteswithgod.com. And your podcast page on a few minutes with God podcast.com. There you will find the show notes for today's episode. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.